Blah, you already know what it is. Your boy Yakov, what it do? The outlet to reality, the hardest podcast in Vegas and Chicago. What up? This is the place where you want to hide from your drama. And if you miss the Obamas, this is the right spot right here. And I want to thank my fans for staying tuned. Don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. Cha-ching. And in fact, we have one of Michelle Obama's first cousin, who is one of the biggest rabbis, I'm not going to lie, who's also a mentor, been part of my life. He knows my family for a long time and is the chief rabbi for the International Israelite Broad of Rabbis. So give it up for Rabbi Casper Founier. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank God. How are you, my brother Yaakov? I'm doing good, Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Know, thank, thank Hashem. If, if I, I feel like without him, we wouldn't be here. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> Amen. Especially in this very trying time of COVID. I hope you and your family have been staying well, staying safe, and taking all of the precautions to keep yourself safe. Thank you. Thank you. And you as well. You know, also, it's a, it's a very scary world out there. And, I, you know, I hope you stay safe as well. And, and Rabbi, uh, real quick for my, my fans out there, um, what, tell us a little bit about your background and basically what got you into the Jewish faith? Well, very quickly, my background, I grew up actually in the AME Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. But I began searching at a very early age, about the age of 17. And I began to question a lot of things that um, weren't fitting uh, in the Christian faith for me. And so I be just began to explore and I began to study. And as I studied more and questioned more, I, I became convinced that since we had to experience the transatlantic slave trade, that we had black people and other people had everything stripped from them, their identity, a, a knowledge of self, a knowledge of their language, their family, but most importantly, their faith. And so as I began to study and really looking in things, at things very sincerely, very seriously, I came across a book by Joseph Williams, Professor Joseph Williams, written in 1930. It's been republished several times since then, and it was called Hebrewisms of West Africa, From the Nile to the Niger with the Jews. And in this book, um, Professor Williams identifies so many uh, of the people from West Africa who were brought over the Atlantic Ocean during the transatlantic slave trade who actually had their roots in Hebrewism or Judaism. So for me, it was a compelling story. Then secondly, we examined the book of the Bible and the particular book of the Bible that we looked at was Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. And Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, says that it talks about the blessings at the beginning for the first 11 or 12 verses, but then it begins to talk about if you begin to disobey God, what will happen to you? And as I read that book and studied that book and began studying with other people, 
it just seemed to fit. It seemed to fit not only me, but black and brown people throughout this Western hemisphere, from Mexico to the Caribbean, to Belize, to Brazil. Um, because a lot of our brothers and sisters from Mexico were actually forced to convert to Catholicism during the time of the Inquisition. And, they, and that Inquisition, if you did not convert, it could have meant death for you. And so that those of our brothers and sisters from places like Mexico um, had to, were forced to become conversos through the Inquisition, but they held on to a glimmer of light. They held on to certain practices, um, lighting candles on Friday evening, Friday afternoon, making a funny bread that really turned out to be matzah during Passover. So these are some of the traditions that our Mexican brothers and sisters maintained as even as they were still practicing Catholicism. And the same thing holds true for the African-American community. We were Christian, but then we had this driving question in our hearts and in our minds. And that question drew me, brought me, and taught me about the Hebraic faith, about the Jewish faith. And so I have been a part of the Jewish community um, for probably about 55 years. I've been not only a part of the Jewish community, but I have been a rabbi now since 19, I was ordained in 1985 as a rabbi and spiritual leader uh, by the International Israelite Board of Rabbis. And I have, um, I, in, in 2016, I was elevated uh, and uh, I was nominated to be the chief rabbi. Uh, the vote was unanimous for me to serve the Israelite community, not only in the United States, but also in the Caribbean, and also the communities that we have in South Africa, Nigeria, Cameroon, Ghana, Uganda, and Kenya. Wow, that's beautiful. And Rabbi, I want to add on, I know there's a term that's called Anusim, right? Which is... B'nai Anusim, that's correct. B'nai yes, Anusim. The children of the hidden ones. The Anusim were hidden, and they hid their Judaism. And so that's why at Beth Shalom Ethiopian Hebrew Congregation, you will find, as your cousin was a member of our community, you will find that we have our brothers and sisters that from Mexico, from Colombia, from other parts of the world. Actually, we have people from the Philippines that are part of our community as well. Because the, the seed of Israel was spread throughout the world. Wow. throughout the world and into every community. And, and I agree with you. I, I, I've been to your show. I've been to your synagogue a few times. And I got to say, it's the most diverse synagogue I've ever been to. And like you said, you have Ashkenaz, Sephardi, you got Ethiopian, you got so many different groups in the Jewish faith, praying, davening, doing tefillah together, like unity and unison. And I honestly, I believe in the end of days, we're all going to come together, no matter what's your background from your different traditions. If you're Sephardi, if you're Ashkenaz, I feel like we're going to 
come together and pray. That's how I see. So I, I feel like what you have is a stepping, like we're getting, we're, we're it's, it's preparing us. That doesn't matter what your background, we're going to be here together. I believe that that's true. This is what the, the prophet says, gather yourselves together, O nation, not desire. Before the evil decree of the creator of Hashem breaks forth. And so we have the opportunity to gather together. It does not matter the ethnicity. It does not matter um, the, the cultural background that you have. What is important to us? What is important? The first element that lifts up importance to us is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Baruch Shein Kivod Malchuto Leolam Ba'id. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it says, Ve'ahavta et Adonai Eloheicha, lechol levavecha uvechol nafshecha uvechol meodecha. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your might. And so if that is your motto, if that is your creed, then you are welcomed at Beth Shalom Benezakin, Ethiopian Hebrew congregation. I love that. I love that, Rabbi. And, and real quick, I, I want to share that for, for my fans out there. So my cousin, Alejandro Palomares, was part of your congregation, Rabbi. And I remember when he was studying and coming to my house after, you know, going to your classes, he's like, man, I, I feel different. I feel like this is this is where I need to be. And I remember when he had his circumcision for the first time and he had the biggest smile ever when he came home. He's like, guys, you don't know I'm going to believe this. I'm a new man. I'm a man now. I'm finally in the covenant. That's what he told me. He's like, we got to drink a beer. This is a big deal. And he was so happy and very involved. Also played, you know, instruments at your synagogue. And when he passed away, one of the saddest things, because he was my big brother growing up, I remember like it was yesterday, Rabbi, we had Shiva in my house and you came and it was the first time I met you, Rabbi. And yeah. I was, I was a little nervous. I ain't gonna lie. My leg was shaking. Cause I was like, this guy's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I'm sweating. I don't know why I didn't even run, you know? And, you know, I got to meet you right there the first time. And for those who don't know, Shiva is like a, basically a tradition, a Jewish faith where you mourn for seven days and you basically sit and eat and you pray a lot. And I remember when it was time to bury and you told us, each one of us, to put a, a rock on the tomb. You remember that, Rabbi? And I yes. asked you, Rabbi, I don't understand. Why do we put a rock? Right on yes. the tomb and um and so i was curious because you know in the movies they always show flowers right <laughs> but they never show the rock so i was like rabbi what was what's that and then you explain um I, i'm trying to i don't want to mess up rabbi but um if you want to help me right here why we put the rock on the tomb well first of all we call when we pray one of the words that we call god is Zua. Zua is rock. And so we say Zua Yisrael. Kuma be Ezra Yisrael. 
rock of Israel, arise to the aid of Israel. So that stone rep represents continuity. That stone represents continuity. And wow. as you lay the stone upon the headstone, that continuity of, the, of your relative, of David, of any family member being remembered. We have, we, we have a, a tradition in our community where we bury our dead ourselves. We don't let the, the uh, cemetery people bury the dead. We actually bury our dead because Avraham said, let me bury my dead out of my sight. And so we do that. And that's what we did for your brother, your cousin, I'm sorry. And that's why he is in our section of the cemetery. And we, are, we loved David. He, he, was, he was a beautiful, giving soul. And he was such a talented musician and the, the instruments that he could play, he, he actually wiped me out. He was fantastic. And not only that, but we had, uh, we had um, persons in our synagogue at the time from Mexico uh, who did not understand English that well. So David used to sometimes, he would, he would play the instrument and then he would go out and, and we would give them little headsets, and then he would do the translating into Spanish wow. of what was being said in English. So he, he was a gift to our community, and we still miss him to this very day. Wow, we man. still miss him to this very day. He passed away in November of some years ago, and to this day, we still miss David and have a great love and admiration for him to this very day. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. And, and I, I want to add on that when he passed away, Rabbi, it was one of the toughest times for the family, not only spiritually, emotionally, but also financially. And I remember that you were willing to help us out, pay for the funeral. And that was the biggest uh, thing that we could all like, we lost words and I will always be grateful for that rabbi. And that's something shows that you have a big heart, you know, you have chesed, you have kindness coming from you. And, and I, I, I will always be grateful for that rabbi, because not a lot of people could do stuff. You know, a lot of people stay back or they just say, Oh, I'll leave it to the next person. They, they got it. I think the next person got it. There, there's something I want to share. Um, I was reading one part of you know you remember in the in the laws in the torah there's a part where it talks about the animals we can't eat and the food that we can't right like, so there's a part it's a beautiful part i, I love this there's a bird in the torah where it's called the chesita bird and the chesita bird is the bird we can't eat and i kept you know asking why and i, I didn't understand but they were saying that I don't remember if it was the Midrash breaking it down with Rashi, but they were explaining that the Hasida bird is the only bird that only feeds its own kind. And we don't eat it because we have to be different. We have to help everyone. It, it consumes flesh. We do not, we do not 
eat birds, fowl that consume flesh. Yeah. And so therefore, if a, so therefore like an eagle, we don't eat. Um, uh, a vulture, we wouldn't eat. A crow, we would not eat. So therefore, we do not eat birds, fowl, that are consumers of flesh. As a matter of fact, we don't eat animals that are consumers of flesh. So we don't eat tigers. We don't right. eat, you know, we eat cows. So the, the qualification is that the animal has to be, he has to divide the hoof and chew the cod. And then if he meets those two elements, then the next thing is, how does the how is the animal slaughtered? Then the slaughter must be according to the laws of kashrut, and so then there must be a kosher slaughter. So what does it mean? So we eat cow and lamb and things of this nature, but when the animal is slaughtered, the animal is then the organs are inspected. If in fact any any spot is found on one of the organs in that animal, then that animal cannot be certified as kosher. Right. It's teme, right? Impure. Pardon? Teme? Yeah. The word kosher means fitting. Fitting and proper. That's what kosher is. Fitting and proper. And so the animal is not fitting. It's not fit right. for consumption by an observant Jew. Right. Oh, it's good. It's good. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. And, and uh, another thing I want to ask, I know with this whole pandemic, one of the biggest, uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have turned away from faith. And what have you uh, feel that has been helping you? If it's a Parsha, a section of the Torah that you felt that has helped you regain strength or to, or that has helped your congregation members? There's several portions in the, in the Torah that assist us. I mean, one of the most beautiful parshas is the one that is coming up this Shabbat, Vayagash. And that is when Judah approaches Joseph, who is the vicar, the viceroy of Egypt. And Joseph is holding Benjamin in, 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 in prison, in ward. Mm -hmm. And Judah approaches and he says to him, my Lord, and he, and he begins telling his story. And he mentions his father, my father, my father. He mentions my father like 12, 13, 14 times in the first 17 verses. So in other words, he is saying, if you can feel anything, I want you to feel, not for me, but for my father. So expanding upon that, I feel, not for myself, but I feel for all of the families who have lost loved ones due to this pandemic. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, none of our members have contracted COVID, and those that had got over it. Wow. And so to understand that we are coming through this 
very terrible pandemic. We have not lost anyone. We feel a connectedness with all of our families. And, and that has kept us strengthened. We've also been doing live streaming on Facebook every Shabbat, every Saturday morning at 1030 in the morning. Um, we'll continue to do that. One of the good things that has come as a result of this pandemic is we have 250 members or so. But every week now, since we've been, since the middle of March, we've been averaging over 400, 500 people that have been joining us on Facebook live streaming. Wow. So the message has really, is really getting out. And these people are living all throughout this country and across the world, across the world. So we have, we have not given up hope. We have simply tried to practice what the health professionals have told us to do, to wear our masks, to social distance, to wash our hands. When the congregation did open up for a brief period before the numbers here in Chicago went back up, we were doing temperature checks. When people came in the door, we had did social distancing where they were seated, spaced out. People had to keep their mask on through the entire service and they had to do hand sanitizer on their hands. And thank God we were able to get in service and do our services. And then we didn't stay after services. We left immediately after we got finished because we were not eating and breaking bread together. And that was really a hard thing for us to do because we love to break bread together and to socialize as a community and as a congregation. But we could not do those things at the t in this time of this pandemic. And I would hope that all of your listeners would continue to exercise the greatest caution because the pandemic is still going on. Continue to wash the hands, continue to use hand sanitizer if necessary, continue social distancing, and most importantly, continuing to wear your mask. It's very important. Wow. It's very important. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. And um, I honestly agree with you. I, and, and I love that you're doing the Shabbat service on Facebook. And I think it's great because there's people that around the world, if they're sick, they could still watch something inspiring and still pray with everyone. Exactly. You know? Absolutely right. And, they, could, they could involve themselves. So many people have contacted us and said, what prayer book are you using? We want to get that prayer book. We want to be with you in the service. And wow. so although those people are very distant, they're with us because they are engaging in the very same siddur, the very same prayer book that we're using. It's, 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 really, quite, it's really quite a phenomenal thing um, how a tragedy, how in the midst of a tragedy and a pandemic, the eternal has brought us together and added to us. And many of these individuals who have been watching, so, well, Rabbi, how do we join? How do we become a part of what you're doing? And so, and that's, it's, that's mind blowing. 
that is because I, you know, you know, I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm becoming a big social media guy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, know, you said, would you do my podcast? This is the first podcast I've ever done. Wow. So we're, we're going to be starting to do our own podcast. Uh, I think next, next year they told the brothers told me. So, I mean, but so now I, I'll notice like, okay, this is a podcast. Right. That's it. And, so and, this is a learning <laughs> experience for me. Thank you, Yako. Anytime. Thank you, Rabbi. And honestly, you're going to like the, when you do Zoom, the best part is you could record it. And once you finish the Zoom meeting, it actually gives you two files, uh, a video file, and it gives you a audio file separately. So if you want to, let's say, put it on Spotify, you could just take that audio file and put it on Spotify. And already for those who don't like to see it visually and they like to just listen, they can just watch it in the video form. You could just put it on YouTube and there you go. Your podcast mm. is popping. So I, I'm giving you the secret, the secret. to. <laughs> I, I thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I, it, this is, listen, this is truly a blessing. And I, I want to say that I, have, I am so deeply appreciative, Yaakov, of your reaching out to me and inviting me to be a part of this podcast with you to talk about the Jewish faith and to talk just and forgive me for mentioning, you know, your beloved cousin so much, but that's how much he meant to me personally and to our congregation as a whole. He was very beloved. He was very beloved. And I, I can only tell you that David had a ruach, a spirit that was giving, that was caring. And he, even with the midst of all of his talent, he was extremely talented. He was he never let that get in his way. He never let the capacity of what he can do, and he played several instruments, but that never got in his that never gave him a a, a, a swelled head. He was always down to earth. And, and, and I, I really I loved him. I loved him. He was truly, I count him as a friend, and I cannot tell you, we were, when he passed away, we were scheduled to do a concert, and he passed in November, and I told the people that invited us, we can't, we can't do this concert. We can't do it, because we've lost not only a musician, but we've lost a friend. We've lost a member of our family. He was a part of our family. And we still miss him. Wow. Thank you, Rabbi. It, it means a lot like this. It's, um, I know he's up there and he's, you know, making sure we, we're doing the right thing. And he, he had, he had love for both of us. And I feel like, um, his stories, the things he did, like you said, will never be forgotten. And um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Rabbi. So I spent most of my childhood, my teenage years, 
growing up with him. And you remember he was a comedian. He was funny. My brother, right. my brother can make you laugh, right? <laughs> Am I right? And he taught me the secret. Well, not the secret, but he gave me homework in comedy. He's like, David, tonight we are going to watch The Mask with Jim Carrey. I said, why? Because you need to see different styles of comedy. Then he made me watch The Martin Show the next day. You got to watch this two episodes. I need you to pay attention. It's going to change your life. And I started taking notes. And I feel like, and, they, and it's true. They said it takes a village to raise a child. Yes. Because I spent so much time with him, his teachings, his, um, the way of his mannerism has passed on to me. Because I was his little, like, I was almost his little brother. And I always came every Friday and Saturday. I had to come over. And everyone else in my family got so jealous because they're like, why are you spending so much time with him? I don't know, but what he has is where I want to be. You know, he had that life, <laughs> you know. And honestly, you know, it, and it's true. It's true. He, he had a, a great uh, character. And I remember when, when I would come, he, he, he was very disciplined. Something I, I remember, Rabbi, he would, uh, in the morning, he would, uh, he would work out. Then he'll read the Parsha. And then after he reads the Parsha, he'll pray. And then he'll call me one day. He'll be like, hey, David, did you do your homework? I said, well, homework? And it's summer school, right? And there's no, I mean, summer, there's no school. So he goes, did you do your homework? I said, I don't think I have homework. He goes, you didn't read a Parsha. That's your homework for life. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I got to get mm. back into it. I got I to get back to it. I skipped two Parshas. I'm sorry. So I got to get back. But he would quiz me and ask me questions. And he said that the purpose of me questioning you is to see if you really study. And to see if you, you, you were going straight. You didn't just skim it. You actually took notes and, and tried to study. So I, I think that's really great. And, um, and, and Rabbi, can I ask you something real quick? Yes. Um, not to get off a little topic, but I know this is very interesting. I, I am very curious because you, you, um, you've been to the White House a few times. I saw, yes. I saw pictures <laughs> in your wall at the show in the synagogue and, and it was with you, Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. And you guys were looking fly. You had purple, like you guys were looking like fresh. And uh, I'm going to be honest, like, I bet it was very like, 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 how was it when you got to eat dinner with your family member? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, Yaakov, that first of all, it was very exciting, uh, and it was, I, I, I was overwhelmed with pride uh, in the fact that uh, my cousin was married to the President of the United States. And I knew uh, President Obama before he became president. And I can tell you this, that his being president when my wife and I went where you saw the picture and when we, and it was a long line of people taking their pictures. But when we got our, when our turn came to take pictures, you know, oh, that's my cousin. I mean, so, I, so that's how down to earth he was. That's how down to earth he was. 
and so uh, he 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 would he was the same person if he was in the boardroom or the boiler room. It didn't matter which floor in the building he was in on. He was the same person, and to this very day, he and my cousin Michelle are the same people. They have never ever um, thought more of themselves than simply being themselves, realizing that all of us are made in the image of God, that we are all and in the creatures of God, and that God blew into everyone's nostrils the breath of life. And so I appreciate that about him, so that no person was too small, no person was too big, everyone was the same. And so I can tell you that I'm delighted to have been invited to do this program with you. I, I'm, I'm honored, I'm truly honored. I've learned about podcasts. <laughs> I'm gonna take that to the bank. And, um, and I've got an opportunity to reflect with you about one of our dear beloved brothers, Brother David, Ben Israel Pamar, his his may his blessing, his memory be for a blessing for each and every one of us. And I thank you for this opportunity. Anytime, Rabbi. Anytime. And um and for me it's an honor too to have you because you know I, I had to get through three secretaries to get to you. I was like, hey, can, can I get the rabbi? Um, can you please hold? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and I was able to, you know, make a U-turn and then I finally got you. So I I really appreciate rabbi means a lot. And um I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up, but I wanna again my fans, the outlet to reality, the hardest podcast in Vegas and Chicago every Tuesday. Don't forget to uh, tune in. And um, also, if you guys are looking for a place to participate in the Shabbat service, our Rabbi Funyan has his service on Facebook. I'll put the link below in the YouTube uh, video. And uh, thank you guys for your time. God bless you and God keep you. <laughs>